0: Hi guys, this is Jan from Taste of Prague. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of uh, our podcast and our guest today is Willem Davies, the 2009 World Barista Champion and a coffee personality, he's a coffee judge and a barista trainer who has been shaping uh, the Prague coffee scene for the past 10 years or so. Uh, when he met Petra Vesela, she was a double uh, barista champion in the czech republic uh, they got married and they run a barista training center together there near prague you often see them in prague um coffee shops with baristas from japan or the us who come over they fly over to have their performances fine-tuned by guillem and petra guillem is in a unique position to actually compare the prague coffee scene to uh the global coffee scene because he owns a stake in a very famous coffee shop in london and he's traveled the world for coffee, um, judging competitions and whatnot. So uh, we asked him many questions about the Prague coffee scene, whether he loves it, um, whether he will continue judging barista competitions in the future, and many, many other questions. Now, we met him at the Czech Barista Championships in the Cafe Pragovka. Excuse the noise, it's pretty noisy there, but that's the only spot we could really find. But I still hope you're gonna enjoy this interview because I think it's a really, really good one. So here it is. Willem Davies well thank you so much Willem for joining me here we're at uh, Café Bragovka here at the Czech Barista Championships in 2020 2020 2020 yes. um, 2020 now I want to ask about this first. So you've been—how long have you been judging competitions? Because you obviously are the winner of the uh, World Rhythmic Championships in two thousand and nine. I yeah, think. Yeah, you've done your research. Yeah, well, well I mean, yeah, it's easy. Um,
1: <laughs> I've been judging since I've been in the Czech Republic. So now oh, really? it's coming up to about seven years.
0: Seven years. You must know the contestants, like personally. You've been here for seven years.
1: Yes. It's getting... There are certain countries I cannot go to Uh because I've uh, almost coached everybody and... But... uh, Like the UK? I haven't really judged in the UK. Uh I've... uh, no, 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 I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, strange, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a, a threatening figure for the UK uh, baristas. Okay. So um, they, I think my, my manner has changed a little bit since uh-huh. coming to the Czech Republic. Okay. Um, English, what are you... Well, English people are very, <laughs> like, we sit down uh-huh. and we slowly come round to the point that we're trying to say. Okay. That's why oh, we yeah. like tea so much because yeah, sure. we sit down and we have these conversations. All right. In Czech, they're a little bit more forward, uh-huh. and uh, I think I've become a little bit more forward.
0: Oh, and I, I think need, that uh,
1: style might not be. Uh... <laughs> I think. That... All right.
0: So you have to have a tea in the UK to uh, explain uh, to explain things to, explain okay. Things, okay. to sit right.
1: down. But yeah, I think they're in Czech they're a little bit more forward than that.
0: So, but I mean, you've been here for seven years. You do must know the contestants. I do. Them. Is, um, it, is it difficult? But yeah.
1: If I employed them, um, had sex with them, uh-huh. which means that like, which is half yeah. of the then, people, um, I think. then no, know, I couldn't okay. judge them. But otherwise, we are in a team of judges, uh-huh. uh, so we have to stay oh, yeah, calibrated sure. within the Absolutely. team of judges. So if it's you're not just with one judge there's a team of four and then a yeah. head judge looking over as well. So I'm being judged as a judge just as much as the baristas are in many ways.
0: Has anybody in your career as a judge uh, challenged the results? Like, this is biased, you know what I mean?
1: It. You'd think that in a coffee competition all uh, countries would be as gentle and um, fun-loving as the Czech competition, but no. I've had uh death threats in greece and we had what? to watch this is how i met uh Petra, i know that you work. met in yeah. greece yeah uh, we were judging and uh there was a competition and before we even announced uh-huh. the competitive the, the winner they were arguing and they had to lock the judges in the judges room wow because of uh threats so this is how i got to know uh, uh quite well oh uh. So, and, and yeah, in Italy as well, they So it's like
0: a Stockholm syndrome. You're, you're, it's based on your like your relationship with Petra It's yes. based on the, the common experience of fear being, uh, you know...
1: That and there was uh, <laughs> a bottle of Irish whiskey inside the judges' room because they used it for the coffee and good spirits uh-huh. competition that uh, we were oh, yeah. also judging. And so it was the only thing to drink while yeah. we were locked in fear for our lives oh wow that helps that helps helps.
0: that That helps helps. nice yeah so it's not always quite as Mm. smooth but um, judging competitions uh, when was the last time because I'm I'm guessing it must be the same thing all over again or something very similar Uh, I mean these presentations when was the last time I'm I'm guessing when you thought like wow this is different have you had a presentation like that like wow this is new um Not for a little while.
1: (laughs) okay. I mean, it's openly public. It's Uh like uh, some people are playing very safe. Yeah. So in one way to do that is to follow what's come before. Mm. And kind of that's why I won the competition because I was not in there to win. So we created a routine. That was not designed to win, it was designed to say something and to have fun. Okay. But in doing so, we then It was different. It was different and fresh and yeah.
0: So does it help to like so to say, you know, quote unquote swing for the fences and like be a bit different, see what happens rather than play it safe? What do you think? Yes. Yeah.
1: But then you may come last.
0: Yeah, sure. You're gonna come
1: last or first.
0: Yeah. So Okay. I mean, when you come last, you don't say anyone, right? No. And guess. it depends.
1: It depends why you're competing uh-huh. as well. Yeah, I, sure. I, kinda, I, I never competed to win. I wanted to meet the, the yeah. coffee community, <laughs> test myself against the coffee community, and get better. Uh-huh. I used it as a training thing. and uh, yeah, I, Winning was...
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, it's Because oh it. yeah.
1: if you go going to win, then... Like forty people are uh-huh. going to be really upset, and yes. one person's going to be really happy. Sure. So yeah. it can't be your only aim.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, now we asked. We talked about it briefly before I turned the microphone on. But uh, so when you judge, you have six judges. It's not purely mathematical, right? That you can't calculate the scores and just that's that. You told me that I said it's like Twelve Angry Men, where you can discuss. The, you know you go to the judges room and you discuss um you know the performances i guess and the final ranking we is we there all a consensus a score sheet. We, yeah, yeah we know
1: we all have a score sheet uh-huh. uh and we score very it's very much rule-based uh-huh. so yep. everything's in the rules and we have to score according to the rules and how the uh, rules tell us to score when we come back to the the room to uh-huh. deliberate the head judge will go through our score sheets and if there's huge differences between the judges the head judge will ask you why and what and what's happening and the head judge has probably tasted your drink too uh-huh. so if you score it a 2 and the head judge scores it a 4 you have to explain yourself
0: so is it ultimately the head judge's decision? no do you vote on it? no no
1: uh, it is ultimately the judge's decision, uh-huh. but you have to respect the head judge and their knowledge and experience
0: as well. Can you, maybe having deliberated the you know, results, the opinions, can you rewrite your scores later on?
1: Yes. Maybe. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. Sometimes I get fooled yeah. by the competitor. Uh-huh. They come on. And they're very wonderful personality, and they come up with a story, and I'm just I'm just blown away by the whole emotion yeah. of things. And then when we get back into the room and we're talking through it, I realized they fooled me. Yeah, and really um, I've scored them higher than they should. or the other way.
0: Well isn't that part of the experience anyway? If you go to a coffee shop too, then, if you get a great espresso from a rude barista, isn't that the real life? It
1: enters the score sheet, yeah. but mostly on taste, uh-huh. not the emotion. But you're right. In a, I go to a coffee shop for the emotional side of coffee shops. If I want a good coffee, I'm going to make one at home. Yeah. But it has to be of a certain standard and I can experience new things, but it's, it's the emotional experience with the barista yeah. for me.
0: Because it's, it feels like figure skating, you know, like there's a technical score and there's like an artistic score, you know what I mean? There's two scores really. And it's not something, it's not like long jump where you know, everybody jumps and you just measure it. And that's that, but it's sensoric, isn't it? It's you know, Text, the judges. Exactly. We all taste different. Yeah.
1: We don't taste in the same.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's, it's almost uh, impossible to put a figure
0: on something on taste. that you take, Yeah, on yeah. taste. Yeah. There's a, a saying that you can't argue with taste in Czech. Yeah. Now, um, do you see yourself judging, you know, going forward? Is it something that is still well, fun Well, these are
1: personal questions. And I have to say this in front of the world. And um, I enjoy judging. I've learned a lot. I'm learning less and less. Uh-huh. And one, I've got to let the young people come through. Um, and if I'm in the way, and taking their place, then the young people can't come through and we're not going to develop. So I need to move aside. Also, I've learned a lot and um, I, I can spend the time doing something else where I'm going to learn more again. So I'm not going to judge much more. Uh, I will always judge if the Czech competition needs, needs somebody, uh-huh. but otherwise I would rather let the new generation do it.
0: So what do you want to learn?
1: Well, I've been playing around with roasting, coffee roasting. The Naughty Dog? Yeah, the Naughty Dog coffee roaster. Uh, I I primarily am a coffee trainer. So I teach people how to make coffee. (laughs) What a strange thing to say, yes. I teach people how to make coffee. Uh, But one day a week, I go into the roastery and I do something different. Uh And that's... That's good for my education.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. I, no, I don't, eventually I want to bring the roasting rather than grow it as a big company. I like going into the roastery and knowing who I'm roasting the coffee for. And I know their customers. So I can go, ooh, with this coffee, let's make it a little bit more on the sour side. Yeah. And with this coffee, let's drift towards the more sweet side and I can adapt it for each customer. I don't want to leave that behind where I put it in a bag and I don't know where it's
0: yeah. going. Interesting, so more like a private chef.
1: Kind of, so the same. but also then I want to bring it into our teaching so we can teach other people how to roast. it's It's not as difficult as it seems, like anything.
0: Yeah, it's like cooking. Yeah. I mean, I watched your um, Czech TV show, The Babylon. Oh, t- yeah, it it's about, so Babylon TV, if you're listening from abroad and you don't know, Czech TV runs this program. There's like brief, I'd say, what you would say, like episodes about expats living in the Czech Republic and you have uh, an episode.
1: Yeah, It's absolutely. about a 10
0: minute bit and you say, it's like I, we cook the beans from green to, and they turn brown, right? Um, yeah it's like really cool like a a private show now I want to talk about Prague coffee soon if that's okay with you because you know a part of this podcast should be for people visiting
1: Prague not so we can just sit down and have a little nice chat yeah yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that too obviously
0: you know to meet people that I like and that I want to spend time with away from the family (laughs) but uh, you know it just uh, also should be for uh, you know, should be tips for uh, the the people who are coming in, and I don't want like specific tips for coffee shops. I just want to ask about it in general, right? So, do you? I would say that the bra coffee scene is actually quite good. Would you agree?
1: It's very good, and it's been very good for the past five years. Uh-huh. It is, on balance, one of the top coffee scenes mm. in in Europe.
0: I'd say so too. Yeah. Why?
1: I don't know. Um, It's developed, when I first arrived, there was maybe four, five coffee shops, quickly turned into 20 that I Uh could recommend. Now, I I feel comfortable with sending people to 50 coffee shops, and I know they're gonna have good coffee and good service, and it'll be matched anywhere else in the world. How it's happened, I don't know, because it's difficult to set up a business here compared to the UK. Um, there's less money for investment here the people who started it have been young uh, with very little finance it's not it was never supported by the big manufacturers or roasters it was a small scene that developed itself it's like a bottom up kind yeah. Of thing yeah it's been a bottom up scene
0: hmm. uh, now the question is is um <laughs> Do you feel partly responsible for that? You know, you and Petra, I'm guessing you must have trained at one point many of the baristas that work now in the 50 coffee shops that you'd recommend. And it's, it's actually, by the way, it's true. I, I We wrote the kind of best coffee shops in Prague, bit, you know, uh, like a, two weeks ago, and it was 50, it was 50 coffee shops.
1: I, I would not like to write that because your other uh, blog posts have been fantastic to send people and they were the time you wrote them, they were kind of quickly getting out to date. It was like by the time I wrote it, there was another coffee shop. Now now, uh, it's coffee shops I've never been to.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's it's like it's we've got I think where we've got to a stage where if a I mean five years ago if a if a coffee shop opened, you'd be like pleasantly surprised that they had good coffee. Right? And now you're kind of, if the new coffee shops opens, you're kind of surprised that they don't have good coffee. No. 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 So, I, yeah. I, I, yes and no.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there are many things that had come together and me and Petra have been one of those little things with many other people. But I must admit, when I first arrived, I was particularly hard on some coffee shops hmm. because I really wanted their coffee scene to develop. So if somebody was not holding the coffee cup by the handle and the barista was sticking their finger yeah, on the edge of the cup. I remember that. I would be shouting at them across the cafe. And it was not, it was not nice and it was not pleasant. But I felt so invested. I, I wanted them to become good and we needed to start from a good solid base tough love tough love now i don't need to do it anymore (laughs) i I can go in and be much nicer
0: you mentioned previously that um uh, you know maybe the english will have a tea and you may be a bit more upfront. uh you know now because having lived in the czech republic when you train czech baristas and uk baristas is there a difference Sorry, Czech baristas... If if you're training a Czech barista and a UK barista, is there a difference? Yes. What Um, is the difference?
1: Czech barista is eager to learn and suck knowledge. I don't know whether it's because they are lacking confidence Uh in their own knowledge Uh or because of the culture surrounding education in the czech republic but um the culture within london and the uk in general is the baristas know already and they're not listening it's more to do with your telling them that they're right in uh, when i first came to the czech republic i was amazed that people were just sitting and listening and absorbing what i was telling them then using that knowledge
0: yeah while in london it's just like oh i knew this already yeah thank you for the lesson Uh haha Kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. maybe. Is it because maybe um, cheques are not used to paying for education, and then if you pay for it, then but well, yeah, you know, you maybe you want to maximize this.
1: I do not like teaching people who've not paid. Yeah, oh,
0: absolutely. Because
1: not. I mean, I would happily not teach anybody to, yeah. for money if I could survive that way. I would love it. But actually investing in your own development with with cash or, and, and time it's People are listening. Yeah,
0: I know you know, it's my experience I always tell this on the tourists because we run the food tours that uh, when I went to the US I was in 1994 I was I'm still a product of communist education and I felt inferior to the US students because of the sheer lack of self-confidence. I had. you know, I would be afraid to speak, just to say anything, even if I knew I was 100% right, I'd be afraid to actually say so, while I thought that some US students were like, you know, pat, pat, you know, like, you know, attitude, like, tell the stupidest thing, but they're like, oh, it's my opinion, and it's like, you know, it's legit, and they'd be so self-confident in the lack of knowledge sometimes that they had, or they didn't have.
1: happens in the UK, not to the same extent as the US, but London is a place where that happens a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, I don't, I don't know how to can say, bravado first sure. and then back it up. But it, the, the actual foundation of knowledge is not there. It's more attitude yeah. check, calmer, quieter, yeah. but generally no more.
0: I think that's the educational system because the teachers kind of, um, they let you know if you did wrong. And it's kind of a, it's, and it's, an, it's a public thing where you get like shamed in public, really. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, because you have a, a, a stake in Proof Rock in, in, yes, in, I do. in London. And I mean, you, you have a, you know, coffee business here in the Czech Republic. Do you see yourself part of the Czech coffee culture or the UK coffee culture or both?
1: I helped develop
0: uh-huh.
1: the UK co- coffee culture because I was there during what we call the second wave and then the specialty, third wave, developed, and I, I was there, and I, I only helped develop it because there was probably 20 of us.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So, no, no, even if you did a small bit, you're bound to be part of that. Um, now, it's developed, and I, I'm, not, I'm not part of it. I don't think I even have um, much influence on it anymore. Uh, it's grown, it's, it's doing its own thing now, um, I have definitely more influence little, how do you say that? people listen to you more um, Central Eastern
0: yeah, yeah. Europe yeah. than US and uh, the UK do people in proof or compete for not instance? much not a much. little bit and if they do who drinks them
1: they've been doing it amongst themselves we've had uh some good results in rock but there isn't a huge culture of competing
0: inside proofrock going back to the prague coffee scene is there anything that you would see here as specific to it something that doesn't unique about the prague coffee culture because it seems to me that the coffee shops are really a globalized phenomenon now that you go to different capitals in the world and you get to see very similar things but i'm I'm asking, if, is there something unique about maybe not just the, the coffee, but maybe the, the coffee drinking, the audience?
1: The, um, in London, there was a time when it was growing. You could take a snapshot of a cafe and it could have been any cafe in London. And that was generally happened because there was one architect that uh, did a lot of work at the beginning and then people just copied.
0: Yeah.
1: So people are replicating. Czech's different. Um, every coffee shop is different. You have some like Emma, which is like a London, Berlin, industrial size go. Then you have something like Maize. Uh-huh. Uh, completely different. Uh, <laughs> completely yeah, different. It is very different, yeah. Clean, simple, just coffee.
0: Like an apple store of coffee. Yeah, it's
1: like an apple yeah. store. Yeah. Incredible. Then uh, Cabernet Pagina. Uh, you go down the steps into yeah. a typical Czech basement the big the arches rick, farther, yeah. walls and uh, you can order a wine or a beer and it. it's like that every single cafe is different and I don't know whether that is because of the spaces are not generic so you don't have one boxed shape that you fill you have to work with pillars and different size windows and everything is completely different
0: it's also, I think, partly because most of these buildings are listed. There's only so much you can do with the space if you get a rent in it.
1: Very different, all of them. Very different. It was one of the things that attracted me about the Prague coffee scene was every cafe is different. And then when you start leaving Prague, very different again because they're taking much more of the local culture in. And Prague is very much an international the city really the menu is pretty much the same yeah but the menu in itself is international you have batch brew so the automatic coffee and it's turned into a word batch brew yeah then you have cappuccino italian which isn't really italian it's from the austro-hungarian empire but it's another podcast (laughs) but say it's that's italian flat white which is new zealand Australia, um, Cortado, which is Spanish. So it's like this mishmash of international. And I love it when people spell cappuccino in a Czech style with the K. Brilliant.
0: (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. Have you ever had uh, Algerian coffee? Alcidesca Cava. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. With the eggnog and cream? Yeah, no. No, you never had that. (laughs) <laughs> it's a game-changer, man. <laughs> okay, now, yeah. because that is a, you know, when I'm thinking about, like, the unique things about the Czech coffee drinking culture, and I think, like, is there a specific Czech coffee drink? The only thing that could come to mind is, like, is a, what we call Turkish coffee, which is not, I guess, Turkish coffee at all. The Turek. The Turek, exactly. Turek. Yeah.
1: Brilliant way of drinking coffee. I would like that to come back into the cafe shops <laughs> yeah. with the traditional glass. It's yeah. basically how we taste coffee uh, in roasteries. Cupping. Cupping. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cupping, but on the table in a traditional glass. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's just, the coffee's improved now.
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, and the, the other thing came, you know, Algerian coffee, kind of cover, which is kind of something, it's a, it's a staple <laughs> of, I think, um, pastry shops. Okay. Grandmas drink it, <laughs> No, and I don't know why it's called Algerian coffee. It has eggnog. I don't think anybody does eggnog in Algiers. No, it's a Muslim country, isn't it, Algiers? Yeah. And it has alcohol in it. I don't know. It's just like
1: it's like the Spanish bird. Yeah, I'm sure I've never had the Spanish bird in Spain.
0: But there's a Filipino dish that is very similar to the Spanish bird, Uh, and they actually call it something like that too. So I'm guessing, and that's you know, we used to be uh, Austro-Habsburg. Yeah. you You know, under the Habsburg rule. So I'm guessing they must have been historically a Spanish dish like that.
1: That culture of coffee, even though it's been dismissed by many of the new. Style uh-huh. modern coffee shops still has a huge influence.
0: The like traditional coffee shop. The
1: traditional coffee shop, not so much the grandeur, the beautifulness of it, but the style. I mean, like in in here, um, one laptop, full cafe, one laptop. Yep. Yeah. Um, the takeaway culture absolutely minimal. In uh, the Czech, road, rubber, yeah. Czech Republic, yeah, the, the big problem with takeaway cups. There isn't a problem in Czech because there's very little takeaway. That is true. It's yeah. a hasn't different
0: that been, space. Hasn't that been changing
1: though? It's been changing, but it's been ch- changing where it's now normal for people to be carrying their uh, yeah. their little cups
0: of takeaway cup scenes. It's, but the truth is that, like, we do sit down to have coffee. And uh, I think what is unique about Czech uh, coffee shops, also quite a bit of alcohol served. <laughs> they can be a tap beer in, in a coffee shop. Yeah. If you look at, you know, Mouchala Cavi or uh, So anything. the
1: Irish coffee, coffee yeah. cocktails, the Czechs are very good at creating those because of course they work with alcohol every day. Yep. But alcohol is not the main focus yep. in, in a cafe. And that's pretty amazing, as in a, in the U.K., that w- cafe would quickly become alcohol-focused and the coffee would slowly deteriorate right away. and disappear. Yeah. But in Czech, it's very much coffee, maybe a beer, maybe a little wine at night.
0: Is there anything you have to get used to? When you, for- yeah, when you came from the U.K. to... Maybe you like, uh, not my thing. And then gradually, kind uh, learned to accept it in coffee shops.
1: I, <laughs> big, long pause. Yeah. I've, um, I've become so normalized here. And I came via London. So I'm originally from the north, uh-huh. from Leeds. But then London is a huge international city. So I wasn't really living in the UK. I was living in this international city, working with international people. And then came to <laughs> Another city, but um, generally the, there's a lack of croissants, and yeah. I love that.
0: Oh, you don't like croissants? Oh, I
1: love croissants, but how many people do a proper croissant? That is true. You go to a uh, cafe in London, and I would run and <laughs> not have the croissant. Here, uh, you can have, you'll have to give the name, even though I've been seven, seven years, it's embarrassing. The big, it's like a big fruit
0: pizza. Oh, like a frugal, a collage. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: brilliant. That, with a milk drink? Yeah. Incredible <laughs> breakfast.
0: And Emma or something like this? Absolutely, yeah.
1: Bit, much better than a, a bad croissant. Mm-hmm.
0: The truth is, I yeah. rarely get a croissant in a coffee shop that is rarely good. Yeah. It's, it's empty, it's just, you know, waste of calories, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. waste of calories. Yeah. I only have a certain limit and it's decreasing every year. And I don't want to waste it on something like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Is there anything you? I mean, having I mean, you said you up until recently you had a you know a fairly big role in Proof Rock in London. Um, Is there anything you took from the Czech Republic and maybe employed in Proof Rock?
1: I wanted to get rid of the croissants, but uh, they they (laughs) refused to.
0: Okay. Um, Williams war against I Brosson was, well, in, in, the, <laughs> yeah.
1: in London my baristas were slower than the baristas in the Czech Republic and they were wasting more than the baristas in the Czech Republic uh-huh. um, and so we started to reassess the speed in Proof Rock set up some standards and we speeded up by 30 seconds per drink just by focusing on it um we had a little bit more of a focus on waste because i saw in the czech republic that you can you don't need to waste so much milk so much coffee
0: do you think that we waste less here because it's a price thing it's a you want it's to cut down over it's cultural the fact is that when i go to london like the Marks & Spencer, that you buy a few things, it's so much packaging and so much waste. And it's, it kind of strikes you as odd if you come from here. It does, yeah.
1: So it's the culture and the business thing. Mm. To start up a business in the UK as a cafe, I could have an idea with a friend one night, go online, set up the company, turn up uh, to my friend's empty place uh-huh. and just open a cafe. We've done it within a few a few days you cannot do that in, in Czech there's all the papers to be stamped So, on. once you're doing that you, you become a little bit more business focused um, and so you're running it as a business in the UK it's been run as a lifestyle or as an opportunity it, it takes a little bit longer for the cafe owner to be a bit more business focused yeah. here you're, you're almost business focused from, from the start
0: yeah, are there any other differences between Prague and London in terms of coffee? For instance like uh, barista wages, like the, the uh, baristas as, uh, as, as a livelihood.
1: Much higher in uh, London, but then as a, as, a, as, a, as a living wise, no way. The uh, cost of living in London is huge. Being able to have a room by yourself in London, within thirty minutes from your cafe, you are being very, very lucky. Yeah. Um,
0: the and baristas awesome are living now,
1: further yeah. and further away, and having to travel into the the cafes. They're living with other people in rooms. It's a great experience and fun, but I would—it's such a lonely, difficult place for somebody to go to. The standard of living in Prague for somebody on a low wage, it's actually really good yep. in comparison to to London. Can
0: you build, because when I'm, you know, we drink coffee in coffee shops in Prague daily. And maybe it's because we do that, but we've sensed um, like a sense of community in Prague around the coffee culture. Uh, baristas tend to know each other. Um, is there anything, anything similar in London, or is it just too big now, a business? It was, it's too big now. Yeah. It's too
1: big to be cohesive, to be all together. Um, it's there, and there was a lovely attitude and group of people at the beginning, which set a nice, happy but You were part of culture. it, the disloyalty card
0: and yeah, all that? that, that? Yeah, fun. That, was, that
1: was fun. Yeah. Um, so, in Prague, it's still small enough. Mm. It's still small enough, and the, the attitude against each other is, is good. Yeah. As the businesses are developing, they're becoming more aware of competition. But still, um, even though there's like 50 good coffee shops in Prague, there's still areas where this coffee shop's lacking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, is it also because, you know, People are more comfortable as a barista, you know, like a, the, the standard of living is higher, maybe that like less of a so-to say rat race, or maybe the lack of big money in the coffee culture?
1: Um kind of, yes, but also an unfair thing to say hmm. because the baristas I found in Czech, they want to develop themselves and they want to develop and they want to keep moving forwards and moving on. Um so yes, it's less of a rat race. It brings more gentle and calm, There's less, and of a less grind. intense. Yeah. But they, their movement forwards, they're thinking long term, very much long term thinking, not short term. And they're also thinking lifestyle. They want to move forwards. They want to learn, it, but they also want to make sure that they do it in a good way. They want to do good and be in a nice, caring environment. This sounds really, like, utopian, but this is the thing that shocked me in Czech, is they're quite relaxed, and there's no big fighting each other, everything's pretty much um, more pleasant not backbiting and fighting and scratching to get forwards, but they are moving forwards quicker and better than many, many other cities.
0: Has, uh, have, has big money entered the coffee scene in London? Like, I mean, cause I'm talking about like, for instance, like in the US, it seems that specialty coffee now has become nearly like the mainstream. I, remember, I know that Blue Bottle was bought by Nestle, and then Stumptown Coffee was bought by this company that also own like craft, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, has that happened in London? It's happening. There's, it's happening right now in two ways. First thing
1: that happened was people who worked in the city wanted to invest and kind of change their lifestyle, and they had spare money to invest in it. And some people seem to invest, but they're not that worried about it making lots and lots of money they just want it to kind of survive and be their thing because they're making lots of money in property or so it it messes up the market a little bit for the young people uh, who want to set up their own places it's in Czech it's going to happen a little bit but there isn't the same amount of powerful money
0: yeah I think the audience is smaller too I guess I, I guess um but um you have a coffee business in in the czech republic i mean you have the barista are you a barista yeah. training roasting your roast trainings have you ever seen yourself like a could you see yourself in the future opening a coffee shop
1: no um, it's too hard too hard <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: coming I mean, like just like a beginning so you just open a card somewhere yeah. no committing <laughs> yeah.
1: every single day to be open yeah. you cannot have a coffee shop and close for a day because coffee is a person's routine. So they need to know that you're open from a certain time to a certain... So you've got to be open. You've got to be there for the community, for the people, so they don't have to check and think if you're open. Um, I I cannot be there. I, I also am finding that as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm not really as... Um, kind tolerant yeah. of people I I lose it eight hours behind a bar done yeah. I couldn't do it every single day and give the service that I really really want to do so and cafes have changed as well uh, from when I started the the, the phone has become more uh, computers people using cafes for offices it's I cannot I haven't got ideas on how to work within that environment if I did open something Uh I would like a small space where people can see me roasting in the background and then there's this counter with about five seats and they come up and they buy coffee and they have a little espresso and like the size of one sip, but just with uh, a little roasting in the yeah. background. So there's some production work and connection with the thing. Rather, because I, it's very little point in many ways in having a small, tiny five, ten kilo roaster. How can somebody compete against somebody with a 100 kilo roaster, 200 kilo roaster on an industrial park somewhere? I can't compete, so the only way to compete is to put it closer to the customer.
0: Yeah. But you got dreamy there when you were discussing it a bit. No? There's not an itch? I, I miss serving coffee to
1: people. I really, when I became a barista, I, yeah. I kind of had another job and I just really enjoy making coffee and serving it to somebody and making them happier for about five minutes of their life. Just seemed to. Yeah? Yeah, it made me feel better about myself. And uh, yeah, I always, I, I still see myself as basically I'm a barista. Yeah. serves coffee to people. Do
0: you have does Petra still have the coffee shop in Yulva?
1: No. No? No, oh, no her okay. trainings took over and she, she couldn't put everything into the cafe. And if you have something, you wanna put everything in, you don't want it to yeah. turn into something yeah. I get it. So uh, no, not a cafe, but maybe. Maybe small, not a big one. Yeah. That that small. Wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like the Japanese style, you're like in a garage somewhere, yes. you know, just open it. Like That's high. That. Yeah. Uh, now when we have you know, anyone uh, when we have anyone here who wasn't born here, like who just you know came here, I always ask a few like uh, expat questions, like about your experience as you know somebody who just you know started living here a few years ago. So my question always is, what's the one thing you miss from the UK the most?
1: I really, really got into the food scene, uh-huh. um, and cheese was a big part of the specialty coffee scene in the early days. Uh, in London. We learned to ask questions about farm and processing and storage because of our experience with uh, the farmhouse cheese shop that was kind of almost next door. Uh So So you
0: miss cheeses?
1: I miss cheese and it's not just the hard cheese taste um, because we have soft goat's cheeses and things here but it's harder cheeses. It's the, the whole thing with the microbes and the process of making it and turning something that I don't really like milk that much, but then it turns into cheese, which is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the one thing you missed when you were in the UK from the Czech Republic?
1: I miss... People say that in Czech they're a bit grumpy. Uh huh. They kind of are, but it's generational as well. Yeah. And um, I find it a warm, friendly place. And um, it's calmer. And I'm more in balance here. I I like that. Really, I miss the weather too. What? In the Czech Republic.
0: You miss the weather yeah. in the Czech Republic? When you're in London? Always. Yeah,
1: it's always... There's a
0: dampness. Yeah, in London. Yeah, you're right. In yeah, a,
1: And I grew up... Like, even when it's cold, it's maybe eight
0: degrees. It's a bit wet.
1: And it's wet, yeah. and yeah. It's, it's, it's freezing. Here, it's minus one, and the sun is shining, and, and it's, it's a just your cheeks yeah. are a little
0: bit cold. That it's, is true. It's a beautiful day. Lovely. Yeah.
1: Hey, and the basic food here. I can go somewhere and order something. And it's going to be okay yeah it, it, the, the standard is going to be okay
0: you get a goulash or schnitzel and yeah. it's going to be fine it's going to yeah. be yeah. and the beer is yeah, yeah. it's fun yeah uh, that's that's how we keep them you know yeah. come for the beer stay for the beer yeah
1: um, yeah it's difficult i've kind of i've grown to love the countryside there's countryside in the uk but It's not countryside, it's walled and fences. You can't walk there. There's certain national parks, but the general living in the countryside can sometimes be very isolating because you have to walk along the busy road because you can't actually go on the field. In the Czech Republic, there's more open land. You're basically walking anywhere.
0: You can walking anywhere, yeah. in the
1: forests and yeah. ten well, percent of Prague is forests. You can pick mushrooms
0: on the private, oh, on the private bring forest. the
1: picking mushrooms. Yeah. But i I've learned to stay to the path
0: uh-huh. oh, now yeah, because
1: sure. uh, I've had a couple of um, problem with the divo shark, the wild boar. Yeah,
0: wild boar. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like a like Christmas commercial.
1: So now, yeah. so yeah. now, yeah. So now I, um, if if the dogs are barking at something, in the, I just leave them bark yeah. and I keep walking on the path. Yeah. Oh. I've come to respect <laughs> the wild. The wild war, yeah. Yeah, because it, it <laughs> yeah. is, the, the nature is, it's a bit more wild.
0: Uh-huh. Here. Yeah. I miss that. Cool. Um, generally happy in the Czech Republic then? Very happy here. Brexit was
1: a big shock for me. Yeah. I oh, met many ways. One, it was my country's rejection of anything foreign, which um, I, I, I found pretty difficult, but uh, it's... It's it's what it is, and but, you but know, now so now of course I'm Czech resident.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I'm very sort of pleased and proud that I'm able to be able to live and be in another country, and I feel very sort of uh, thankful that the Czechs are so accepting and quite happy to have me here. <laughs> it's really nice.
0: Yeah, and like I mean, let's be honest here. If there was a Czech it vote, ah. Uh, yeah. Who knows, you know, like five years ago, sure, but today, I don't know, it's a mess. So, and it's a mess everywhere, so I guess. But, you know, so your experience in Ilova has been...
1: Yeah, foster. I didn't ever told you why I came here. Yeah, why did you come um, here? Well, there was the problem in Greece, and I met Petra. Petra, sure. Uh, who's judge and everything in the coffee industry. I, and I came to visit her, and I woke up in the morning and went, oh... I'm just going to stay. Yeah. Because I was traveling a lot. I was traveling to Moscow. Uh, I was traveling uh, to Central America, certainly all over the place. And I thought, why am I traveling from it's London? Why don't I just live in Prague and travel from Prague? It makes sense. The airport's simple and yeah. lovely and very yeah. easy. Um, I arrived and I, I went, oh, I'm just going to stay. But I never told Petra.
0: Okay. And
1: in the UK, I was actually living on a canal boat. Okay. And... I'd given my canal boat away. Uh, and so I had nothing. Because homeless when uh, yeah, when you're on a canal boat, there's like you don't have anything.
0: Sure. You haven't yeah. got like
1: curtains and light kittens and beds or canal? tea but- um, it was the Regent's Canal, but any of them, I, I like, didn't have a place to put it. I had to keep moving it. Uh, so it was a, it was a, a wonderful, fun community of boaters. I had such a great time, and a way of living in London and doing what I love as a job without paying ten thousand euros plus in rent a year. I might as well buy a boat for ten thousand euros. Yeah, and live on that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then I stayed, and so I'm kind of a love immigrant, really, but it's more than that. If the truth be known, if Petra doesn't listen to this, is right. that um, if things wouldn't have worked out with us, within a couple of weeks, i would learned to love Prague, really, and I would have stayed. Okay. Oh,
0: that's nice. That's a nice thing I to would have. have. It's actually I would nice. have stayed anyway. Cool. So I was nice. I'm glad it's worked out for you so well. Then. Yeah, and
1: you say, I, I feel as so though I haven't told you enough, was like, what do I miss when I'm in London? Yeah. Not really, because all the food, all the, if I want a natural wine, awesome yeah. coffee, all the things I love, they're actually in Prague at a very good standard. So I, and they're closer and easier for me to access. So I...
0: Good Indian food?
1: Good Indian food? No, no. Okay. I miss Indian food because there is <laughs> okay, this there particular type uh-huh. of Indian food uh-huh. that's developed for the UK taste. Sure. Um, because our pubs used to close so early, everybody used to just go to the Indian and have some beer and eat chicken,
0: chicken, chicken masala. Chicken masala. Yeah. Chicken, chicken masala. The, the quintessential and, British dish.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and throw papadums around the yeah. place and, and act terribly. And you get a feeling of... Yeah, I miss it. It's my yeah. home food,
0: really. Which brings me to the last question I always ask, and I didn't write you this actually. No, you never did. This, uh, the um, I always ask, "What's the one thing you eat when no one's looking?" The kind of the guilty pleasure, the, the nasty thing that you know you love. You know, many for many people, it's like you know McDonald's fries, or you know, I know I had uh, Paul Day once, and he said like you know the. On, on the, not on the podcast, but we did an interview for the blog, and he wrote, um, I things like peanut butter and uh, the laughing cow on a toast or something like this. Yeah, Do you have anything like that? Something like, you know, you don't have to be uh, drunk to enjoy it, but it no, helps. I'm, it helps, though. I'm,
1: I'm very, Pringles, I'm quite good with Pringles. my, no, yes. I'm, oh, no. Pringles on the plane. Yeah? I'm very good with my food because... Um, when in the coffee scene, it was so small. I, I saw myself as part of the food scene, uh-huh. so I got introduced to
0: really nice Yeah, good But food. I'm, a, I'm part like, of the food scene here too. And I also have a few of these, you know.
1: I like sabló. Is it? I, I like uh, sabló.
0: Oh yeah. Fat. Oh yeah. So if there's oh, any yeah. fat
1: left in the pan, uh huh, I'll kind of like Sweet keep it, with it the and, bread. and put it in the bread. And eat oh, that. but bread. I don't see yeah. <laughs> oh, and bread, but oh, yeah, I don't bread, see yeah. it as a bad. Guilty yeah. the Sekana in Hauska, uh, when I'm traveling through Podivitska, oh, Bar- yeah. there's a McDonald's and there's this place with Sekana and Hauska. People go to McDonald's and paying two or three times more than this beautiful I just don't get it. Yeah, me a bun, can't do this. Yeah, so agree. I have that, that's my yeah. treat. But another one is garlic gypsy crisps. We garlic don't have crisps. that.
0: In the in Czech Republic? No. no, in
1: the UK. Oh, you not know, in the UK? So we we have salt and vinegar. Some
0: I love garland. salt and vinegar though. Oh, I, think I love it in sandwiches. Oh, that's what do you, I do. So do you, do you eat with? That's the thing. I if make that, sandwiches I that. and I put crisps in my sandwiches. There you go. That's my guilty pleasure. That's a British thing though, so, isn't it?
1: I have. Maybe we're having chips, Harrenolky or, yeah. or something, and so I'll chop some bread and I'll I'll put the chips inside and I'll put some for uh, extra crunch crisps. Yeah crisps yeah. and then I'll keep hot, hot, hot chips and cold chips eat that yeah I make sandwiches out of everything Yeah, I was brought up that way sure so that's my guilty pleasure yeah.
0: that, that sounds I about right I put chips inside yeah. we always fly and you see like not as when you're in London you always see like you know a sandwich you know people have like al fresco you know somewhere you know, you know in like you know spickle fields lots of offices they have a lunch and it's always like a, a sandwich and a bag of crisps And it's something that's how that. we get sent to yeah. school
1: that's why we're all so fat. Oh, I, we have lots of fat children and uh, I kind of get we, it now.
0: We're getting that too, don't worry. It's, uh, yeah. No,
1: I think Czech people are very, very active. In fact, I live, I live out of Prague, Yulevay. Yeah. There's people everywhere. Come the weekend, there's people flying in the sky in little things and then there's other people doing and they're all walking and everybody's busy doing things.
0: Checks are out, very outdoorsy. Yeah. are yeah, That's true. Yeah. We're, we're like the only, Zuzi now we're the only Checks without a pair of tracking boots, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that, but, you know, people do, so.
1: Yeah, I like sitting around in cafes and watching people.
0: Yeah, me too. Talking into microphones. Absolutely. Right. That's, I must, you I have must go. go and I have to go too. Thank you so things. much. It's been an absolute pleasure having Thank you, you on the podcast. Much. And I wish you all the luck here in the Czech Republic. And maybe, you know, one day, hole in a wall, you know, with a bit of small roaster, five seats, I'll be there. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Taste of Proud podcast. And uh, please stay tuned for more. Uh, Don't forget to rate us online and if you have any comments or any feedback, please go to our blog page to let us know. Uh, We'll be happy for any tips or any pointers that you may have. Thank you again for listening and until the next time, cheers, goodbye.